Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 31st of August 2020. Obviously Bank Holiday Monday. It's the first bank holiday for 14 years that we haven't go to the Aylsham show uh, due to the horrid 19 that we all live with. So it's uh, actual Bank Holiday Monday off, which is quite exciting, so no doubt it will rain. I think that the uh, the wheat market is slightly on fire at the moment. Anyone who wants to, to use wheat in their mill can't get their hands on it. Farmers are not interested in selling it. In our part of the world, it, harvest is done and dusted, bar the odd field here and there. Um, but it is done, certainly on the wheat front, and and no one's interested at all in selling it. I don't know what price would entice them out. Probably 170x for November. Uh, and then I'm not convinced lots would come out at this point. They, we, they need to see something that makes them feel nervous or afraid the market's going to go down, and there's nothing in their face at the moment. That's no reason for it to be underlyingly bullish forever, but people have got nothing to fear, and that is an important point. In the background, there's been continued Chinese buying. There's been uh, the the U.S. corn crop going back in terms of its crop ratings on every week. So Monday, people will be hanging on to the report to see whether they've gone back even further with the recent storms they've had go through. If that's the case, we're being led by the states, the corn crop going up. European and uh, Eastern Europe uh, maize has suffered a bit with heat and dryness in their grain fill period on the corn. So there's a, there's a few things that are knocking the crop backwards, uh, and that's all underlyingly giving it that or giving it that push or fanning the flames or whatever you want to call it. So it is a bullish market in the short term. If you had to hang my you know hang me for for a decision, I still think UK wheat long term will go down. Um, the only thing I can't cover is is that demand from China. Uh, or if, like is predicted, La Nina is developing, South America stays exceptionally dry. That could evolve and push the market up. But you certainly can't rely on that yet. So underlyingly, I still think the UK is at the top end of its its range because we are at import parity and there have been cargoes traded to come in. And corn is still cheaper, albeit not quite as cheap as it was. So that's our call on the wheat market. Feed barley needs currency to drop in value to go up. It's kind of sitting there happily, about 132 delivered is what you can make to the, the top paying ports for people who've got a boat to fill. That makes it 22, 23x if you're close to that port. Don't see that moving until the currency has a kicking. Malting barley, boy, we're whizzing through today. So malting barley, I think, is in this county is kind of all over by the shouting. We've filled our sheds. We've really worked hard at getting the right spec. I appreciate several others are still taking or are still on intake or about to start their intake on spring barley. Well, it's, you know, I'm very glad we've got what we've got. We've met our contracts. We're going to put them to bed and say, that's it. We, we aren't going to, I don't think this could be much free market barley to chase. Certainly the weather in the north of England uh, and in Scotland is not great. So there could be a bit more life in that market. 
we'll have to see. We'll have to see whether they get a chance to snatch it and whether the quality's been impaired or not. Oilseed rape. Ian's sitting looking at me wishing I don't actually hand him the mic just like that. I mean, it's been documented. The uh, Chinese, as Andrew said, have been in the market. They've been steaming into beans, loads of cargoes, soybeans out of the States. So the funds have been getting involved. They pushed their longs quite seriously. Frustrating for rapeseed, though we've seen none of that benefits. I mean, marginal, marginal gains, but it's generally dragging its heels. There's been some, uh, and I can't criticize. There's been some cash flow sellers, so there is some rapeseed coming to the market. Longer term, I still feel friendly to it. It is a tight market. Parmel's firm, the whole Vegels complex is firm, but no, pretty, um, pretty steady, and probably no change from what it was last week. X Farm values trading around three thirty for spot at the moment. Thanks, Ian. Right, so that's that's the wrap-up on, on the old crop market. New crop 2021 harvest. We've, we've been putting some fairly hefty contracts out on uh, craft malting barley because it had to be a tempting price in order for people to grow it. So there's a contract out there at 150x farm for harvest movement. Um, we've been doing a load of that. I think that the maltster's taken the message on board that unless he pays a price that's reasonable, you ain't going to get the stuff grown. So we still have a bit of seed left. If people are interested in that, let us know. But under, underlyingly, New Crop 21 is, is shirt-tailing this year. So it's still hanging around 150-odd on the futures, which is like... 150x farm for May 2022. Let's all bear in mind that the dynamics of politics that could come into uh, to bite us at some point. It is a risk that you face and it is a consideration you need to make. Certainly if the weather comes right for planting, we've now had some moisture. If it dries up and you get going on that planting in late September to plan and everything goes in really well, then I think everyone will have the same idea at the same moment and we will see some pressure on that market. So just keep awake on your marketing for 2021. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Mutimer family have been rearing pigs outdoors since 1973 and in recent years have developed Swannington Farm to Fork into a multi-award winning rural business. The animals are reared to the highest welfare standards and are fully recognised by schemes such as the RSPCA's Freedom Food Scheme and the Red Tractor Assurance Scheme. The pigs thrive on grass-covered sandy soil, while sheep and beef cattle graze the beautifully environmentally sensitive meadows of Swannington Beck. Swannington Farm to Fork is a multi-award winning wholesale butchers and farm shop who specialise in supplying fully traceable meat with the emphasis on quality, taste, animal welfare and food miles to pubs, restaurants, hotels, cafes, colleges, hospitals and the public. In September 2019, Farm to Fork won the Eat Norfolk Food and Drink Field to Fork Award, with the judges being impressed with the sustainability of Swannington Farm to Fork and explaining how the business is producing an outstanding product and has a vision for the future with very impressive environmental credentials as well as having good links to the community. For more information, visit their website, swanningtonfarmtofork.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. The crew I've got with me this afternoon, because Ben's gone home early again to impress his wife, I guess, is um, I have got Josh. Hello, everyone. Joe. Hello. And me. Hello. Right, chaps. So what, what we're going to do, we were going to reflect back on, on, on the 100 um, podcasts so far, 
part of the 10,000 podcast series. And uh, I'd just like go through the obvious favourites and the ones where, you know, the early ones where we're a little bit sort of hamstrung and a bit... Can, we, sure. can we start on the bit? Because I'm actually really thirsty. I've been waiting. Oh, there's a shop. <laughs> yeah, this, this week we're, we're reviewing Eurofizz. Heineken. I We've got quite Heine. like it. Yeah, I quite like it. It's brewed in Holland. It's not a bad beer. I think I haven't had very many bad beers in Amsterdam. So Okay. Just as long as you stuck to the beer, Josh. Is that because some of your other senses are being stimulated, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Sensory overload. <clears throat> Yeah, so which way this this way? The, the, we, we've got to the end of harvest, bluntly. The next next Friday we're going to do our harvest party, and uh, all of the stores and everybody's going to go out uh, in the evening, uh, in a in a uh, COVID friendly way at a pub, and uh, so it, it feels a little bit demob like, doesn't it, bluntly? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we haven't had the harvest do yet, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of in that sort of mode. We're going there, aren't we? And the weather forecast for next week is rubbish. Anyway, so we haven't got to worry about that because Norfolk's finished, isn't it? Uh, so, right, my, I'm going to start. I'm going to start this. My favourite my favorite guest has been Murray Ferguson. And it's only been in the last... It's not that my memory's that short. He's just... It was just such a, a, a privilege to, to but the co- to the comments that we've had from that has been phenomenal. There have been so many people phoning up saying, wow, what a guy. People who not known him, people all over the country, futures brokers, physical brokers. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. Well, the, the local press wants to speak to him. I've I actually got Murray's okay to do that, so they'll be having a chat with him. You know, he's he's talking about his old combine or talk about what he likes, but he's he's uh, he he personally. I, I said, did you did you enjoy? He said, I sounded such a fool. He said, <laughs> <laughs> No, you didn't, Murray. You sounded really cool. Anyway, he he uh, he was he was my favourite. Um, obviously, we had our favourite Earl last week, which was pretty pretty groovy. Yeah, wasn't good, it? Yeah. good response to that as well. So any any that stick out in the memory? I thought Paul Hoveson's one was quite interesting. That was quite early on, wasn't it? That was um, yeah, that was a good one. Will Love Lovey's one was also good. Quite liked hearing about some of his interesting stories from the US. So yeah, but you had to say that because he's your mate, didn't you? Exactly. <laughs> I liked I liked Roger Jones uh, from South Walsham. I yeah. thought he was priceless because it's just kind of from the hip, exactly how it is on a on a on a small farm. A classic Norfolk farmer. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, Lizzie Emmett was popular. She had a popular one. She was so popular, came on twice, so it was good. Yeah, yeah. I did quite enjoy, this is going going back some, but I quite enjoyed when we had um, John Gill in and we did the milk tasting. And we sat in front, I think Andrew was away, but we tried all the different, I think we tried hemp milk, soya milks, (coughs) oat milks. Yeah, that was quite fun. And then we had the burgers, yeah. Which became slightly controversial. Yeah. But I mean, I've got to say, actually, since then, I have had a uh, Beyond Meat burger, and it is good. I will accept that it is, it is good. But all the others, n- not good, politely. The, the sad thing, I mean, tried to break away from the people who've seen it, but we come back to it, but the um, Susie and Claire have been pretty brutal in the cutting, and they've left most of our genius moments on the cutting room floor haven't they <clears throat> luckily yeah we aren't actually in prison or got people sending hate mail to us because they aren't very very good at uh, cutting out some of our not so modern ideas on things yeah i, I tell you another one who who, who, st- who stuck out actually paul Everton, dr paul Everton. he he many moons ago did let's get physical which is kind of like about about general health which he you know told me to go and get blood pressure done which i did in the end <clears throat> he came on about the um covid19 and and we had some great responses to that you know to the actual 
what do we do next? How do we how do we manage the future? He, that was quite good. He's mm. he's very grown up, is Paul, but he he put it in a much more simple manner than some of the government advice we've been getting. Mm. I, I like the Legend series, catching people that I wanted. You know, Munty, a reluctant podcaster, but I had to get him on tape. I've got one. I've I've got one person I really want to interview, and he's, I've spoken to him every day pretty well since I'm about since I was about twenty. And that's um, Choco, or Paul Sakira from Eurograin, who's a, who's a broker that we trade with. Now, I'm, I've got to drive down there. He's, he's you know, he, t- he said, the other day, oh, I've died twice. <laughs> so he's, oh, he's, you know, he's, I've got to get him, and because and, he just, the way he expresses himself, and sometimes if you can just get him to go off on one, it is very funny. And his, his knowledge and experience in this industry, again, is he very much in the legend uh, party. Yeah, legendary uh, legend status. Yeah, I mean, the, which which leads on to, you know, we started all those months ago. The very first one we, we had on, the first guest was Jack Watts. It seems yeah. forever ago. It's two years ago. And it is, we launched it at the Alsham Show two years ago, and we're coming up to that weekend. So it is 50 yeah. episodes a year with a couple of weeks off for Christmas. So yeah. basically, we you know, we've, you know, goodness knows what we'll be running on in, in a year's time on our 150th. But uh, I think some of the people that I would like to get on, there's some other legend types who, you know, I mean, George Mason's always craving to come on because I keep talking about David Wright, but George, you know, oh, I, I oh, we'll get Miller Wars coming on, won't we? <laughs> he probably wouldn't give us free flower, George, would he? <laughs> See, that's, David's just so good like that. But George, if you do, you know, bring a bag or two down, and we might let you on just to sort of t- you can tell you tell tell us the stories about when you were a uh, grain uh, sample tester at uh, John Lee, not John Lee, but uh, Kenneth Wilson in Wyndham, which I remember well. Uh, and then there's uh, and the other one the ultimate would be Simon Locke I'd love to have Lockie on here that would be yeah yeah that'd be like getting the Pope here wouldn't it <laughs> so if if Lockie could come here and like oh yeah we, we might have to travel to see him because he doesn't do you, do you think he'll um, he'll smack you after some of your comments you've made in the no he, lo- he loves me He's, we, we go back a long way <laughs> me and Lockie have a, have a that was a slightly controversial moment though wasn't it which one was that there was a little bit of banter, wasn't the time between you and him in the market between big the big bad wolf. I think it yeah, might yeah, be the yeah, big okay, yeah, okay. He got a bit emotional on that, but he is generally, you know, his his uh, his his few words of wisdom are generally kind to us. He understands the dynamic of a yeah. diddy little Norfolk company that doesn't matter much. We like over here making a bit of noise, and he finds it mildly amusing. Yeah. Plus, I know where he lives now because I went skiing with his neighbour. <laughs> <Did he? laughs> But um, no, I mean, there's 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 a number of old codgers who have a, a tale to tell, and uh, you know, if anyone was going to, you know, some yeah, of those old sure. retired gits who aren't who aren't dead yet, it would be great to get them get them on here because if we don't, if we don't, their stories will be gone. Yeah, you know, Jeremy Savage. Yeah, you know, Jeremy must be 120 now. <laughs> But you know, he he. I've got to get Jeremy Savage on here because he's yeah. just got stories that yeah, go on yeah. and on. So I'm kind of looking forward to finding some of those. The, the legend series I think is important because I think, I think the industry has has turned and changed so much in recent times from from a group of people that met regularly and and bantered and argued and face to face stuff into this kind of very not just telephone conversation meeting now it's now very digital and people with you know um correspond by whatsapp as their way yeah, of correspond- it's change, that's yeah. it's it's yeah. it's it's, it's minimizing the the amount of relationship between people 
and I think there's there's a there's a dynamic in that that is subtle, but it's it needs recognising. You know, it's changing again. In my time, it's you know, it'll be phoning people up is almost obsolete, isn't it? I don't think you can ever lose it. Similar interaction with farmers. I don't think technology will play its part, but it will never lose the. It's hard at the moment as well because obviously you, you can't be seen to be meeting up with a big group of people, could you? That's but I, I agree. Yeah. I agree, it's never going to be lost. It's interesting, I mean, obviously when we kicked off with COVID and the lockdown and things, it was talked about doing giant Zoom meetings. We, we've we had, albeit you know, smallish, but seed meetings that have been very, very successful. We could look and people can do much bigger groups who are don't have to travel, don't have to do all the, the, the issues that used to be there, that used to be a barrier. Being could able could to, you get a big group of farmers on a Zoom meeting? Jamie Lockhart talked about it recently. Um, I spoke to him about it. How and a number of other guys have done similar sort of things. Big. I mean, the the Oxford Farming Con- Conference was a you know you log into a webinar type thing. But but it's possible to get quite a number of people onto a on a Zoom meeting as such or I something you, like it. You, I'm sure you could. I mean, to be honest with you, I think like most people got fed up with Zoom meetings. I actually prefer yeah. a phone call yeah. because it's weirdly you miss body language and stuff when you're talking on a zoom call but you hear a lot more tonality and stuff when you're on the phone to someone in my opinion i think i, I prefer i prefer to have phone call than zoom meeting sometimes i really do hope i mean we can get back to going out on farm and things because it comes down to looking at people in the eye and actually getting on with them and that's that's something that you know we do your, well your case looming over them well yeah you know i like to sit down as well sometimes so <laughs> <laughs> you know the dynamic of of the way um webby's finished his beer already by the way, um, is how we, within the future, it is, it is turning more digital. Yeah, naturally. Can I just comment, over the, the last <clears throat> hundred episodes, I think I've unfairly copped the most, you know, sort of flack out of all of us. I just, actually, I, I don't, I don't, I just, I've just got to say, um, I just, before you start that, isn't he polite when he goes, could I just, could I just... Wilson, Wilson, would you mind awfully men getting in line? <laughs> I've just said it. There he goes again. I think if you actually, because I sit opposite Webby, and if you spend the best part of most of your waking life opposite Webby, you learn why he's <laughs> part of some of the jokes. Because he just comes out with some statements, I suppose. That's just unbelievable. <coughs> I, I cannot get over you walk your... Oh, God. Yeah, but you're, you're little, you're, you are pretty merciless on Ben, are you not? I don't know. Well, there's enough places to start with Ben, isn't there? <laughs> See? It becomes like, no, maybe. So what you're saying is I, I, pick, ben, I Ben's, pick on you. Ben's, I pick on you. Is that what you're saying? Ben's had a bit of a flogging as well on here as well. Yeah, but, but his is more deserved than mine. Yeah, that recent <laughs> that recent birthday thing with the card and that and all of that. You know, That was a bit too much. For yeah, me. and goodness knows where he's gone today. He made us all look more terrible, than, but it's, yeah. Oh. No, he's picking his mum up from the uh, station. So again, he's doing another kind oh, gesture. Lovely. Yeah. Ah, oh, Ben. But yeah, no. So I pick on you. Is that the point? I think generally all round, I've just had everyone's. Yeah, just getting some flack. Well, undeserved. I don't think. I think Andrew. Yeah, I think probably uh, the kindest to him most of the time. I think it's us lot. Yeah. But we just feel like it's just, you know, the karma in the world, really. It just <laughs> needs to be balanced out. I mean, just just for example, this week. So Ben came back from his nice holiday and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and brought back some rock. And 
I had like half a stick of rock. I've watched Webby eat three sticks of rock every day for a week. And that was his lunch. So I was like, how can you not enjoy those moments, I think? Has anyone ever eaten a stick of rock other than Webby? I, no, I hadn't for a long time. He, I mean, Are you playing it was up? nice. He brought something to offers, but it was pretty budget rock. Yeah, well, that's it. You're critiquing like saying how crap the rock is. Just because I'm writing through the middle of it. See, the thought that counts, eh, Webby? How, how many bars have you eaten? How many rocks, sticks of rock, have you eaten? Mm, a couple. Come on, six. I'm not in double figures. Probably five or six. <laughs> They're little ones. They're thin ones. They're they're thin. Yeah. Yeah. Most people used to have to like suck on them for hours, but you just like crunch through. Yeah, these are crunchy. Rock's changed. Oh. I mean, twenty years ago, rock was a very different thing. Okay. You were smaller. That's <laughs> why it seems. <laughs> the, the speed that you scoffed them down. I fear for the other poor little rock sticks out there now. They're they're in that jar just waiting to be eaten by you. There's no chance anyone else in this room is going to get anywhere near them. Especially with your um, food habits of coming in the morning. I can't find my. Did I have any breakfast? No. Did I have a coffee? Make myself yes. Yeah. Then I'm looking around the room. Can I see it? Oh. There's some rock in the corner. I won't go to the shop and buy anything sensible. I will eat rock. That's because I'm too dedicated to my work that I don't want to leave the desk. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's true. You sit there working. Oh, I see I'm being nice to him now. In fact, I'm going to be so nice to you. I'm going to get you to... And because your beer's run out, you can drink this special beer that's here. Oh, the trendy one? Yeah. And you can right. review it. You, you are allowed to review this beer on your own. To be fair, of yeah. let me read, out, of, let me read of, out what it is. You're gonna, I'm going to miss this. This is uh, I'm probably this, this is called pineapple milkshake. I'm blowing blowing my own trumpet, but I think I have the more refined palate of I think you probably of do, everyone yeah. in terms oh, of yeah, beer. Yeah. <clears throat> Any anyone that drinks um, six sticks of rock a week. <laughs> yeah, anyone that eats rock. So, right. um, so should we pour it for you? Because you just, just whilst on the beer front. So then, what this do you is a classic piece of Webby pouring? Look at that. That is absolutely. Everybody has mentioned. You've mentioned week after week about pouring it badly. And what have you just done? It's because it's Eurofizz. That's why. If if um, if Easy ever says to us, look, oh, he, pineapple milkshake. He never listens. <laughs> we'll. I'll say yeah. Well, that's right. true. We've told him for two years. That he's pouring out beer Very badly, true. and he's. Uh. So what is um? So sl- again, a change of tack. But what's the best beer we've drunk? Jumper. Ooh, I know which one it is. Jumper. I really like the jumper. The girls bought us a a a, a, a polypin eighteen thing of yeah last week. Jumper. Yeah, that the, only was really nice. the only problem yeah. with that, Webby, was that the people who drank that was me and you. Yeah. And and Rob had a couple of pints. We actually last. Yeah, Susie and Claire bought us a 18 pint box and ended up with me needing to have a lift home because it, we hit it. It was lovely. Yeah, good beer. Yeah, the box is over there, empty. But we've done. I mean, we've we tried a lot of the niche, trendy ones, which I'm not. I mean, I, I'm a supporter of the craft beers, but I don't. I wouldn't say that go to. I wouldn't be that keen to go at them again. Well, uh, do you know, we went to, we, last night. We went to the to the pub, didn't we? Actually, because we had a one of our consumers again begging did, to yeah. come on the podcast, and yep. we said, "Look, David, you're not old enough yet." Okay. <laughs> he, he that was a nice. Cut. I really enjoyed that. It was that good was, of him to come over. It, and was, it was really good of him. Nice, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and do that special yeah. deal with yeah. doing grain because he knows. Anyway, so so David, thank you for that. Yeah. You know who you are. 
we had some fabulous beers. I had Timothy Taylor last night. We haven't I had the that. Uh, 316. It, was, that it was so good. Mm. Yeah, really good. And I, Can you do your, um, your Norfolk, not your Norfolk impression, can you do a Yorkshire impression? Yeah. Timothy Yorkshire, Tim of the Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, southern lad like you drinking Timothy Taylor, you won't have no idea. Pretty useless. Not got, you know, no that's, that's another, so I'm sidetracking this all over the place, but yep. your impressions over the last hundred episodes have been pretty spectacular. Pop- popular? Is there any particular favourites you'd like me to come out with? <laughs> I still like the Donald one, but it's only good when you see it, when you do the finger, the hand gesture. <laughs> I oh, know there's um yeah Donald well no Donald Donald I, all I can say with Donald is China. <laughs> the um who, who else have we offended? We've offended a few Yorkshiremen, didn't we? Uh, well, we didn't offend them. They kind of like you know tolerated. They sent us free beer. One of them didn't they? One of them sent a beer and said, "I'm a, I'm a tight Yorkshireman. I won't I won't actually buy you a beer," which is like much more straightforward. But that other lad pushed. You know, he shoved a, a, a crate came down and we got free beer. If you if you send a beer down to us. We'll review it, and what's more, we'll be really nice about you, whoever you are. You know, David Hoyle's bought some beer. His beer wasn't bad. That was all right. Now, David Hoyle's bought down some slow gin. He did. That was really good. That was good. Yeah, after that. Yeah, so you know, far bit for me when you when you get you know guest status on the on the fabulous Doing Grain podcast, which has become famous because of the Farmers Weekly podcast appearance last week. You know, we're picking up listeners now. This is like we're going to become celebrities. Someone said uh, the other day that there was. a, uh, a consumer that we trade with that was in the car listened to our podcast and we were pissing ourselves with laughter about Ben, rinsing Ben about his anniversary antics and, and apparently the guy couldn't help but laugh and piss himself in the car. <laughs> Not literally, but yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. It's kind of like what you... I mean, we enjoy, I've enjoyed the last hundred. There's, um, yeah, it's been good fun. Um, what do you think that beer, Webby? Because I just poured some out of the can. It says pineapple milkshake and it's it's pineapple milkshake, milkshake IPA. It is IPA yeah. as well. I just I just poured a little bit out of the can because I know you're not that fussy. I, I can drink it, but I wouldn't drink it again. Oh, it's gross. Well, I would drink it again if it was put in front of me, but yeah, it's an utterly groovy can as usual. So no doubt, you see, the worst thing is that people it's got it's what is that? Is that a vine? No, it's a sheep's head on it. Sheep's head in a very groovy way. But the but the point is that, that a trendy person would buy that and think that's what beer tastes like. That's not fair, is it? That's a bad advert. That looks a bit like the old can of Quattro. When we were about, I don't know, when I was probably about 10, 15, it was like a sort of tropical type drink called Quattro. Never heard of Quattro. Um, What's Quattro, Joe? It was like a, like I said, tropical drink. Daniel like can. Yeah, like, along the lines of a lilt. The thing that annoys me about that is because you go to the pub or go to, sorry, go to a, a place and you see IPA and you think, I'm pretty safe on that. I'm going to be IPA. That can't be too far wrong. But by looking at your face... Actually, no, it's gross. It's gross. It's got a really conflicting pineapple. I don't know. Is it pineapple? I don't know. Yeah, it's pineapple and milkshake. Sounds pretty rank. But next week, um, I'm going to bring in my friend's got a food stall this weekend in Norwich who he works for a brewery and, and I'm going to bring theirs in and it's uh, it's basically they've got a lager they've infused one with grapefruit one with peach and one with something else and actually it's really nice as and I, I'm not I wouldn't drink 20 pints of them but I enjoy it it's nice very enjoyable they have a perfect sounds, 50-50 sounds really edgy 
maybe so, but it's selling well. It's making a good money. No, I like, yeah, I don't, there's, there's yeah. loads of different tasting yeah. beers. See, there's, there's a colleague in our office who's convinced that pineapple has a bit of an effect on a certain <laughs> organ. And I wonder whether this is the marketing point. Maybe that's what they're getting at, that you can go and drink 10 cans of this, and at the end of the evening, maybe there's a, a good aftertaste. It, Ian. <laughs> Where do we go to with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anyway, with, with that, look, you know, we've, we've had a... Yeah, we keep saying we've had enough harvest. We, this is, we, we're reviewing 100, 100 podcasts. We're, we're surprised we did it still now. It still feels fresh in the sense that it doesn't feel like two years. It feels kind of normal now. Every Friday's a bit of a pick up the microphone, talk a lot of squit into the microphone. And... Um, and here we still see it, and there are people listening to it, there are people reacting to it. The best ones are where we do something slightly dodgy and we get a reaction because it, it, it either makes people laugh or it makes them cross. But, you know, you, we, we're, we're falling into the, the kind of journalist trap of say something sensational just, just to get a reaction. Trying to keep it sensible and give a serious market report at the start, but, you know, the dynamic of podcasts are they can become incredibly boring. And, and our job is to, uh, yeah, we are incredibly boring, so we've got to try and pretend we're not and keep people listening to it. That's kind of where we're at with it. Yeah, anyway, so, so here's to the next 150,000 podcasts that we're going to do, and uh, I'm sure you won't be bored with those either. And thanks very much for listening. And podcast 101, we're on our way to 200. Cheers. Thank you very much. See you soon. Come Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewandgrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 